one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. We're missing what the show is. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. The Allianz Football League this weekend, I'm just wondering, was there any. There was no decisive result. Uh, I think Claire. Winning above in Cavan, I think Kildare beating Leash. It's ironically again that we're talking so much about uh, Division Two of the Football League being the most kind of yo-yo up and down league. In terms of Division One, you know Galway showing again that they are the real deal. Um, you know, if we were doing our power rankings, you know, are they probably? You know, we used to say Dublin were one, Kerry were two, Galway were three. I'm just wondering, really, are Galway kind of almost the farm team in the country at the moment? Kerry won in Mayo, and our guest on this special edition of the Examiner GA podcast, in, associ- in association, I should say, excuse me, with Allianz, is a Kerryman. He wasn't playing yesterday in Castlebar. In fact, he wasn't even in Castlebar yesterday. But he remains one of the great footballers of our time. Whatever generation you're from, if you sat down with a pencil tomorrow morning and you said, I'm going to write down the top 10 Kerry footballers that I have seen. And obviously that means that, you know, that probably rules out guys, you know, maybe Tom Gago, Connor and Paddy Baum, Broston, and these guys who, who go back to a different generation. But if you were talking about from the 60s, the 70s on, on any list of top 10, maybe even top five Kerry footballers, you are talking about mentioning, in fact, you're not talking about mentioning, you're absolutely mentioning our guest on this week's special GA podcast, Seamus Moynihan. Welcome to the Irish Examiner. Like, Seamus, the big discussion in Kerry so far this year and in fairness it's probably been last year and it's been the year before even when um, Fitzy was manager is defensively mm-hmm. you know I mean going way back way back like the time like they had to put you back into full back if you remember back yeah. in 2000 emergency it just seems that Kerry is not developing defenders who love being defenders is that a fair point yeah, I think it probably is a fair point, Tony. Um, I, I'm, you know, look. To be fair, looking at the development squads, they have been very successful in in what they've done and what they, you know, to be fair, and stuff, yeah. since like 1994 was obviously a huge year in the sense that they won a lot, and there was such a gap. And you know, funny enough, we were still getting, we were still getting the conveyor belt, we were still getting the two or three players coming through. Mm. But in terms of winning all Irons, we weren't. And, you know, I suppose I came to a stage where Jack came back and, and set out his stalls. And from there on then, you know, 
five 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 All Irelands, and which was a fantastic result. And and they it looked like there was a conveyor belt, and the development squads are certainly working. And I see it, uh, uh, you know, at, at local level where they're bringing in players and they're putting them on programs, and you know, it is churning out quality players. And mm. you know, from small clubs to the large clubs, there's no, it's there's no there's no favoritism. If you're good enough, you're inside and in, in with the development squads, and it, and it is very good in terms of training. I really don't know Tony what they're doing. Um, but as I said, they've won all Ireland, which is great in terms of defence. You're probably right. Um, I think in Kerry, and I suppose the way we play football, it's 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 the beautiful game. We go out, and most of those players are probably playing midfield or they're playing a very central role. Mm. They're not playing cornerback or they're not playing full back, and they're not playing a kind of a rough diamond game. I I think it's you know there's very few of them being produced uh, in the sense that they're not playing that day in and day out. They're probably playing a really a get, getting on ball, yeah, an expensive, an game. expensive game, yeah. and you know they're very much an all round, an all round footballer. Um, and you know, I don't think probably Kerry are, are concentrating on working on out and out defenders as such. It's about the, the whole footballer, and as you said, the, the round footballer, and they can play an expensive game. The cornerback can kick the ball over the bar, and I think. But, Mar- pr- but Marco Shea, to use an example, Shea, well, Marco Marco Shea could kick the ball over the bar. Mm-hmm. And he did with his club, but when it came to shutting down a, a massive corner forward or attacker with the opposition, he could do that. Mike McCarthy could do it. Tom Sullivan could do it. Seamus Moynihan could do it. They, I'm just saying there just doesn't seem to be that sort of defensive culture in Kerry at the minute. Yeah, and yeah, you, 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 all those players, they were they were multitaskers. Mike Mack, Mark Shea, to, I suppose, really were, were those. Mike Hassett mm-hmm. was a quality player. Yeah. Mike was comfortable in any position he could play in. You know, you go back, Paddy Lynch, prior to that, you know, Paddy Shea, Jano, you know, they were all players, Tim Kennelly, they were all players that could fit in in any position but when the push came to the shove they were class backs and they did their job they, they were you know really really close didn't give away fatal fouls and you know they did their job exceptionally well and uh, for from a Kerry point of view but look uh, uh, Tony when I was playing uh, you know Barry Shea did his cruciate ligament in 2000 mm-hmm. and I had to go back full back and you know there was big question marks why aren't we creating full backs and why, why isn't there more full backs out there and you know look that question will always be there and I, I look looking at the game over the weekend while the weather wasn't poor wasn't great and everything I still felt you know Kerry defence was played better 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 against yeah. Mayo than they did against Mead uh, especially against Mead yeah, I, uh, I, I thought Mead we were in t- you know, Mead ran at us and we were very vulnerable and they ran from long distance and they were running, they were, you know, our forwards at times were leaving them run through and work out and, we, you know, they were running into scoring places and, and, and creating goal chances and we were fouling right in front of goals. So defensively, it was a bad day out in the office against Mead, but they definitely reviewed it and did better. Uh, against Mayo away, which is which is good to see. But look, I think, and I, I've mentioned it before, Tony. If we are going to win in All Ireland defensively, we will. And that's no hidden secret there. To be fair, yeah. I think you know Peter Crowley to come back into it will be. I think Peter is is you know that kind of a player where he can add a, a rough diamond element into it. I think we need someone central. Shane Ryan, to be fair to him, even against Mead, played very well mm. in that role. He was blocking. He was shouldering. He was putting himself. Shane Enright. Shane Enright. My apologies. Shane Enright. Yeah. yeah. Shane Played at six, yeah, and played at six, and I thought played very well. And you know, we need players like that. We Mm. need blockers coming through the middle, and we just need and and as you said, 
the likes of the Mark O'Shea's, the Tom O'Sullivan's, the Mike Max, when they are marking, they're very, very sticky and they're not giving away folds. Yeah. And it's, you know, look, we've Donny Buckley's inside with Kerry. Mm. Donny, for me, and I've seen him working at club level and, and I've seen different co- courses, and, but Donny is, uh, is unbelievable. And, you know, I just like to see Donny getting more time Yes, with the players. I'm not sure how much time he's getting, but I'd like to see because Donny is class. And in fairness to Donny, Donny turned Mayo, who were one of the probably easiest teams ever, to walk out of defence with, with the ball because they, they didn't want to know about it in terms mm. of tackling and whatnot, to one of the best teams in in the country, if not the best, if the be- yeah. And you know they were so unlucky against a really good Dublin team in in in, in like in, in in the years that they it just came a little bit short. But their work rate was unbelievable, and you know that was definitely down to Donny's training and his work ethos. Mm. And you know I just like to see. A bit of that coming in with Kerry. Yeah. Because You'd like to see a bit of Donny Buckleyisms almost in it, the defensive side of the term, game. Yeah, absolutely. And because we have it, we have the powder up front, we have some mm. unbelievable forwards, and it's just we just need to tighten up. You know, when we go up eight points, we're still not certain we're going to win the game. And that's that should not be the case. If if any other team like a Dun- if Donegal or if Tyrone or if Monaghan go up eight points, it's game over. Mm. It's it's sealed, it's done. And with us it's not. And that's that's uncomfortable from a supporter's point of view. And you know, I just think when we're playing quality teams like the Dublins, we need we need to box off games. If yeah. we go up four or five points, we need to say let's it's going to be hard to score against Kerry. A hard crowd to break down, and we're not at the minute. Mm. And if we can, if we can crack that, I think Tony, we're in a great position. But yeah, I think you're right. I think certainly there's so many footballers in the Kerry defence at the moment. I suppose that's what I look at. Even even the goalie, even Shane Ryan wants to come out and play football. Then you have Gavin White tearing up. You have Paul Murphy. I suppose it, you know what maybe Shamo it's a cyclical thing maybe the fact that Mayo I mean you look at your Boyles and your Higginses and your Harrisons and you know all these naturally naturally good defenders who take pride in stopping an opponent scoring maybe maybe there will come a phase where those Kerry guys start coming through again but as you're, you're making the point 20 years ago we were talking about a problem at fullback that you had to go in and fill. And I'm just wondering, is it just not, as you say, in the Kerry psyche anymore to produce natural dogs, as we call them? Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, I, I, I've just... You know, Tony, I suppose they're not playing in those kind of positions. But look, back to the Gavin Wise and the Paul Murphys. Gavin Murphy has played very well in the last few games of what I've seen. And I, and I he think has. he's got physically stronger um, defensively, has become way better in terms of a guy's taking him on. He's running beside him. He, he, he actually defended extremely well against Mead uh, Sunday week in Killarney and got his hand in, dispossessed guys. He wasn't fouling easily. And I, I think Gavin has definitely brought his game to another level in terms of defence, which is great. Paul Murphy has been a hidden hero over the last few years. Mm. He's been really a dynamo and has always been consistently very played very well. And I think, you know, look, I've no problem with Paul or Gavin bursting up the field. Mayo were doing that. Like Mayo, if you were marking any of those Boyle or Higgins and uh, Lee Keegan. Keegan they were bombing up the field all day but they had a massive tendency once they lost possession their wing forwards got back or the boys got back mm. they were up and down the field they were uh, unbelievable fitness and you have to have that but you know I don't want to hinder Gavin White going up the field or I don't want to sure. hinder Paul Murphy by all means go up but we need to kill the ball and when it's, it's turned around, they have to get back up, or someone has to get back because they can't be there. You can't allow space in front of the full back forward or full or full back line. But you know, look, I think we're going the right way. We still have the right personnel inside there. I don't think there's a, no one outside in Kerry at the minute that's been wronged. 
you know there's Fair no point. one uh, you know saying oh this fella should be inside I think Peter and the management have everyone in terms of defence inside there um, you know guys maybe you could say with the exception of a few of the fellas maybe from East Kerry and not with my East Kerry hat but Chris or Donoghue and Niall O'Donoghue must have been very close Dan yeah. O'Donoghue they were they were all they were very impressive last year very impressive in the county championship and they were all played carry under 20s and they've you know what what where else do you have to go in terms of getting to the next stage like you know yeah. so but they no doubt in the next year or two they'll get their opportunity like you know but i still think they have the, the they have the personnel inside there it's just about working with them and just getting them to a better place and as i said we in the from a management point of view tommy is, a, is an all-star defender we have and we've Tony Buckley and you yeah. know we should just be working on that and I think if we can keep working that day in the out and training getting that defensive mode when we don't have the ball that we're working and we're hungry to get the ball back because when we do have possession and when our forwards get ball inside they're dangerous. more often they're very dangerous talking about being dangerous um, you probably I don't know does everybody know that for the last two years not this year but for the last two years you were manager of the Fossa footballers and obviously that meant, um, well, I don't know, did it mean, actually, I suppose I should ask you, did it mean dealing and seeing David Clifford's talent close at hand? Or I suppose the fact the inter-county demands being as much as they are, you probably didn't see David Clifford as much as you'd like to. Well, you know, look, uh, uh, to answer the question, Tony, we, we had David whenever he was able to play, to be fair yeah. to the guy, you know. And, you know, that's that goes with every inter-county player uh, uh, for whether it's from Fossa or or Austin Stacks or the Croaks, they you know they're they're limited. They can only they're really their input into the county league is 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 it's 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 nil really. But you know David always came back for the junior championship and he he bought in for that month and he was there at every training. But David is a, a obviously a class player, and you know it's it's just very hard to figure out that he's still just twenty one. Yeah, and, and uh, only just gone twenty one. Just gone twenty one, and uh, you know I, I was fortunate enough to have seen David play with the same, but I was involved with him with, as well with these Kerry Miners for a few years, and you know look an exceptional talent, and as I said, he's twenty one going on thirty one. He's, he's mm. he looks like he's been around for a long time, but look, he's left and right. He's he's his strength, his height. He's he's he he's a poacher. He can score. He's a and he can he can create things as well for other players. And like, did you know? was there a day that you saw or that you can remember? Seamus going back even to as you said when you had him involved with the same or where you actually saw this thing out in the field and you thought to yourself wow we've got there's something special going on here yeah well, I, I think the goal he got against um, um, in the All-Ireland final for the same uh, up in Crow Park and he any other one would have put the ball over the bar it was in the second half into the hill and, and David for around 20 yards out just turned around and he just lashed the ball into the top corner of the net it was just a freakish goal to be fair and uh, you know it, it just turned the whole game around right. it was a game that the same were really struggling and I know Connor Glass got sent off and he was a, an exceptional player he was um, from, from Derry went and to Australia he went to Australia afterwards like but the whole game changed within within two minutes Connor Glass had been sent off and I'd say the same had a ball in the back of the net and, and there was no turning back from there but mm. that goal in itself like was I think the same were down two points and another fellow would have thrown the ball over the bar but mm. this guy just went for the juggler and buried it but it was just just that 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 kind of class he got a similar goal in a county championship against Mid Kerry back in Beaufort where the game probably had pettered out it was kind of over but he was 20 yards out 
the, the whole defence just turned their back to it and meanwhile David just turned around and slotted it into the top corner again Was it a free? It was a free, free kick, oh, yeah, free yeah, kick. Yeah. but look another fella would have probably just put the ball down or just slotted over the bar yeah. but he's just his instinct he saw it and went for it and, and, and he, Is that what separates you know the, the, the top top tier Seamus is it people talk about this that and the other but it's almost that ability to think a second faster yeah, it, there's no doubting, Tony. And I think, you know, if you look at the traits of all the, the, the great forwards that played, and I, and I and I was fortunate enough to have played with the Gooch and Morris as well, mm. that kind of player where they get their opportunity and they will they will take it, Gooch, whether he'll roll it along the ground or underneath the guy's legs. And Morris had that kind of a radar kick as well where he'd run through, he'd be soaring with his right and he'd, he'd lash it into the top of the net with his left. And and even in training, you could see that with Morris. Like he, he, he'd ask Morris hit the ball off the crossbar. He hit it off the crossbar, like yeah. just for the laugh. And he'd he'd do it a couple of times if you asked him. But look, that some players have that special. So who is the most? I mean, I got to ask you the question then. Who is the most outrageously talented? When you think of those, you've just, the na- three names you've mentioned there: Morris, Fitz, Colum Cooper, David Clifford. Yeah, I, well, to be even comparing David, at twenty-one years of age. Uh, to be in that level, yeah. it's it's a fair compliment. To be fair, Tony, I don't I, and uh, and like he has so much football left to play. So like where he's coming from, he's he's got off to some start, yeah. and he, like we're we're actually even talking about as I said, it's a, it's a compliment in itself. Like you know, yeah. but like the two boys were wizards. So he's in he's in that he's in that zone already with a lot of ho- football to play. Or uh, hopefully, anyway. You mentioned the Hogan Cup there, and. David Clifford has done a lot of special things, but did David Clifford manage to win a Hogan Cup and play midfield for his county at senior level in the championship that same summer? Um, I, he wasn't far off it anyway. I'd say he was he playing. Uh, he was must have been. But Seamus Moynihan did do that. Yeah, well, I was ninety two, and you know it was a great honour. And you know, I suppose there's two sides to each guy. It was fantastic to win the All Ireland with the same that year, and obviously you get a call Tony to to, play, to train. I think it went from training with under twenty ones with Mickey Ned, right? And myself and Billy were held back uh, after we had a, a right hole opening of a session with under twenty ones, and we were <laughs> held back to train with the seniors again. Billy Shea, is Billy it? Shea, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, so we we trained a second session with the boys, and and from there on, then we were in. I was doing the matric at the time, and I'd say I'd run four subjects done, and I'd say once I, I got the call to, to come in training with Kerry, the matric went out the window. <laughs> that was it. So um, let me get this right. You're after winning a Hogan Cup. You're with the Kerry under-21s. You're actually doing it under-21 and senior sessions in the same day, and you're trying to do the matriculation exam. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, thankfully, the leaving sir had been done a, couple, a few weeks prior to that, and, uh, I, you know, look, the matric, it was kind of an insurance policy, really, at the time. So, it, look, I... I, I I, I had no interest in it really I, obviously it was it, it, I had the leaving cert done but it was it was game over I had the four kind of major it was mm. the maths and the Irish and, and English and, and, and one of the science subjects done and you know after that I've said the hell with it like you know but no it was a great honour to get in and train with the likes of of Jacko who was still playing at the time Ambrose who you know who was part of the 84 up to 8016 mm. and Morris Fitz was inside there and you know these were fellas that I like, obviously looked up to and it was it was a great great honour to be inside with the boys and you know while it was great and didn't get the call to, to play you know I didn't see that coming to be fair uh, I say half the county no, no one in the county saw that coming either and um, you know but look it was great to get that honour and um 
but obviously it was a bad result. I was just about to say that after all this, yeah. there's a huge but yeah. at the end of the sentence. Yeah. And and you know, look, fair juice to Claire. I always say that. And look, I wasn't seeing it the following Monday morning. I can remember I was working in the in Pretty Potty where my dad used to work, and I came in. I think it was eight o'clock the following morning. It was only a summer job. Uh, I, I think it was the week after, but there was some fella inside. And he was he was singing a song. It's a long, long way from here to Claire, <laughs> just to remind me of the of the the, the, the defeat. But look. <coughs> You know, Claire deserved their day, and we, you know, I suppose our our whole game plan that day revolved about kicking the ball into Jacko. Jacko was full forward. You kick it in, you run off it, and you'd lash it over the bar. And it was probably doing that in training, but in fairness to Claire, you know, they were teak tough and they were fit, and they had some great players too. Mm. To be fair, Francis McInerney and Martin Daly got the goal at the end, and you know, they did some really, really solid players who had played a lot of football over the years, and and you know, they 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 definitely deserved their win on the day, but. There was no back door back then, and like you know, it was over. It was yeah. cahoots, and you were you were out. And and you were only eighteen, Shamo, at yeah. the time. Is that something that, as an eighteen-year-old, you were just able to blow off that night and go out for a few beers and get over it, or were you were you like raking in depression for a week after it? Uh, look, Tony, I, I yeah, I was I was obviously as an 18 year old I wasn't as bad as the, the fellas that had soldiered I came in I was only wet behind the ears after probably putting in four weeks of a of a mm. commitment towards that I can only f- imagine what the boys who had been there since October November had started in the league and had put in a huge slog had felt you know losing a monster final and uh, no obviously of course I, I, I you can't compare that because I hadn't the hard slog done in, in the December and January running doing doing all the hard work that they had done but I, I obviously I was obviously disappointed but you know I suppose at 18 you say look we'll always go next year and we'll, we'll get back and we'll, we'll get moving and unfortunately for the next three years that 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 kind of result didn't happen and we weren't winning monsters and we were coming across a probably a very solid cork team as well who mm. had coming off the back of winning in 1990 and you know they, they had all our middles in their back pocket and they had a very very solid physical strong cork team at the time and uh we were probably still a, a team and very much in transition like, very you much know? So, yeah and uh and we're just coming short should have won 94 had that in the bag Stephen O'Brien got a great goal to, to, to pull off a, a, a win but that was one that we really left out I think 93 and 95 we were that little bit shy we were close but just not good enough and, um, and what was it like I mean because you are part well obviously you had huge success afterwards but you know Seamus there's a, there's a very particular an unfortunate breed of Kerry footballer that was there kind of from 87 to 96 yeah. you know the so-called famine that won nothing but y- you were actually in at the start of that you put in 92 93 94 95 yeah. like that you know for somebody like how difficult was that to be part of that Kerry setup at the time that was probably getting no, well, they were getting no trophies, but they were probably getting very little love in their own county either. Uh, there's no doubt in that, Tony. And uh, you know, it, it would only after a game. Uh, uh, if you went downtown afterwards, you wouldn't belong being told. Uh, you know, if you had a bad game or whatnot. But I'm certainly glad of one thing: there was no social media back then, yeah, yeah. or there was no, there was, you know, look, you did a media day maybe before a Munster semi final or a Munster final. But you know, back then, you either you, you, there was nothing and uh, and I, f- I feel sorry for the, the players at the minute because yeah. there's absolutely no escape and if you are on Instagram or if you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook you're so easy and uh, you're so accessible really and mm. you know guys saying things about you and whatnot. so look thankfully back then it wasn't there 
we all felt the pressure there's no doubt anytime you put on a Kerry jersey there's a pressure to perform and there's a tradition there and there's an expectation there to win Munsters and to be playing in, in Crow Park and, and being involved in All-Irelands and you know it just wasn't happening and obviously there was a huge frustration building up but to be fair that wasn't at a lot of the times filtering back to the players mm. hardcore all the time um, it's gone to another level now Tony to be fair but you know it it was there's no doubting a very hard few years and, and on top of that Tony I was in UCC for four years well I was just well I'm going to yeah. come to the Cork thing now because like the fact that you're from Glenflesk I mean you know you're nearly looking over the county bones obviously the traffic was always there like was you was that kind of phase of your career Shamo almost coloured by the redness of Cork and being beaten by Cork at that stage and the fact as you say that you went then to go to college in UCC as well yeah and you, you know to be fair those few years were very difficult Tony but you know the flip side of that at UCC level we were winning Sigerson so there was yeah. we were we were getting some there was some ray of light and we won 94 and 95 and you know they, they were fantastic and at club level Glenfless won the first Southern Hook Cup in 1994 okay. East Kerry got to the first county championship in 95 beaten by Lone Rangers we you know we were we were making progress in some parts of, 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 of the career of, but having said that from a career point of view we were hitting a brick wall and it was just very very frustrating and it wasn't from lack of work it wasn't from lack of anything it was just look we, we just didn't as I said the team was in transition and all of a sudden overnight in, in, in 96 mm. the, the under 21 conveyor belt started coming yeah. and you know Paddy had been doing his work with the under 21s and they, won, like, the they won the 21 they won it twice I think yeah. they won it twice and you know there was a big crop of players and, and I can remember even in 1996 we played the Kerry under 21s in a challenge game the Kerry seniors played the under 21s yeah. and it was probably one of the dirtiest games I played in and it was you know there was a bit P.O. Of, was in charge of the 21s P.O. was at this time, yeah. 21s and we were, we were yeah and, and it was in, 90, in 95 or 96 I can't remember the year now again Tony to be fair but it was one of those years where Paddy was making inroads with the under 21s and uh, like there was hell, hell for later during the match because there was senior players with a bit of pride and they were beaten by, were being beaten by younger fellas mm. and they weren't it wasn't going down well and it became into a bit of a brawl and you know look but they were good games and you could see there straight away that there was young fellas biting at the bait and they wanted to get the jerseys from the seniors and you know all those guys ultimately came through the likes of Barry Shea um, you had you had uh, William Kirby, um, Dearman Murphy was playing in the in that team. You had mm. you know there were some there were like Dara Kaneda, Dara Shea were still yeah, and John Crowley were still in that team, and Liam Hassett, even though they were in our under twenty one, but they were playing with the under twenty ones. Yeah, and uh, you know so they were they were they were brilliant battles, and by ninety seven I think it, it took until ninety seven for that transition to really come through, and uh, for those guys to step up that they were actually ready for for senior football and um, would and Kerry I mean this is a very difficult question to answer but I just wouldn't mind your opinion on it would Kerry have won in 97 if Pawdy hadn't taken over at that stage in other words was you know the, the talent was coming through Seamus yeah. but was P.O. the kind of the, the little bit of an X factor maybe that was he came in at the right time he, yeah and he Pawdy came in in 96 and I think that was a learning curve for him as well because mm. You know, we we won we we beat Cork in the Munster final um, that year, and uh, you know, albeit I'd say it was by a point. I think Killian Burns kicked a point over the bar just at the very end to, to win it. And you know, our preparation for the All Ireland semi final was to say the least was the worst ever, probably. And it came quick, like but just we we didn't probably look beyond Munster that year, Tony. Yeah, and uh, you know, and 
three weeks later we got we got railroaded by Mayo up in Crow Park and it was a it was a real you know to the or just our preparation was poor. Right. Uh, as as uh, there's no way other way of describing it. Was that the one where Declan O'Keefe was lobbed by John John Casey? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, uh, there was from a free kick. And yeah. we just look. We just um, every James, one of us. James I don't think actually. anyone after that game could look themselves in the mirror and say they were happy with their performance. And Mayo were fitter. Mayo were faster. They were physically stronger. They ticked all the boxes where we were. We were way off it. And it, it was a massive learning curve for Paddy. And I think it was the first time where we we kind of I think there was Kerry Radio had the. The, 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 the guys ring in the following day and one guy suggested to put us all into a bus and throw us off in Benna Beach and, and off, the, off the cliff and whatnot but yeah. you know Paddy took it bad and he took it uh, he, he took he took that the I suppose the the the, the 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 critical comments very high. he took it bad and we all did no doubt but within three or four weeks we were back training and it really I think that was it was a great learning curve for everyone mm. and we knew ourselves that we were that so far off winning right. in All Ireland and we needed to put in a major shift and from October on we really we put in a massive winters winter campaign that year and I think we um, we went we got beaten by Mead in one of the league games but that was in maybe November but I think from that November until we went up to Offaly in a game uh, after winning the National League in the All Ireland the Munster that yeah. we went we went with a load of games without, without losing when you're like when you get to that year in '97. And you're obviously looking at your first All Ireland final. I mean, at that stage, I'm guessing you're probably 23 at that stage, 22, 23 at that stage. Morris obviously is maybe four, three, two, three, four years older than you. Like, how much of a leader in that team was he at that stage? Because he'd have been around even before you, you know. So, how much of a leader was he by that, by 97? Oh uh, yeah, look, Morris was 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 a great guy, and you know, Morris. When Morris spoke, people listened, and you know, he he didn't, he wouldn't ever take over dressing room. And Ferris party was brilliant inside the dressing room, but if he had something to say, Morris would say it, and he'd say it in training. But you know, that year, especially in in ninety seven, Morris just had a, one of those lovely run ins where that, you know, he had groiny shoes and whatnot. But in ninety seven, he put in serious serious training campaign and he, every he didn't miss a training session everything went well like but you could see after Christmas like what it, it, we played Dublin in a challenge game up in Parnell Park and Morris beat him in his own he just it was unbelievable like that day he's he kicked him over the bar from every distance every time he touched the ball it was like magic and uh, you just could see he was just in supreme form mm. and that form just continued all the way through the year he stayed injury free and it was he was just absolutely fantastic, and mm. it was magical watching it, and it was great to be part of that. And you know, everyone else grew confidence from that Tony as well, in the sense that Morris was flying, get the ball into him, and let him do, let him do he, what he has to. Coupled by the fact that he had guys with him now as well that mm. could do, could do stuff like you know, Liam Hassel was on the forty, great worker. You had Derek Canada, you had Billy Shea, you had John Crowley, you had Palade, who was flying that flying, year. Yeah. Number 10, Dennis Dwyer had come into the team, kind of a third, third man midfielder, really, playing as a wing forward. Yeah. You know, so, and Brian Clark was involved, you know, brought, he brought his own bag of tricks. Yeah. And, you know, had a good relationship with Morris as well. And, you know, they were, they, you know, they had a good, good thing going on. And it was just, Morris didn't have to do it for the full 60 minutes or 70 minutes. There was other guys who were chipping in as well. Yeah. And but when Morris, he, he, uh, it was definitely one year where Morris had a ten out of ten all the way through, and just everything he did touched, you know, it was turned to gold. Like everybody, or not sorry, not everybody, but certainly I would say an awful 
large percentage of young fellas in Kerry, they imagined that the, the idea of actually winning an All-Ireland. I mean, when you actually had your first one in the bag in 97, Seamus, what is what are your thoughts at that stage? Are you think I'm a made man? I'm a made man now in Kerry. Nobody can take this away from me. No, Tony. Number one, it was it was just kind of getting the monkey off the back after eleven years wait. It was you know that for me still uh, of of the All Irelands that I won ninety seven. It was definitely still the sweetest one. Was because, it? Yeah. yeah, there's no doubting that because I suppose the county had waited so long for it, and um, and as as you said, as a team, we were under pressure to bring home the goods. Um, it was an exceptional feeling, and you know that will not change. Um, you know, and for the fellas like I, I played with Liam Flaherty, Eamon Breen, Sean Burke, Peter Leary, Stephen Stack, Stephen Stack, you mm-hmm. know, mother God, like they had, they had soldiered, like they were in, in and out. Morris was there from eighty seven. The boys were in and out from eighty eight, eighty nine, and you know they had got, they had taken some hits to the ship over the over that period of time, and it was just great. You know, obviously from a personal point of view, it was great to win and carry win. But for those fellas, they had mm-hmm. soldiered so long. Um, it was brilliant to see them. You know, I, I played Flaherty myself with the wing back line that year, and I think Paddy got it right. You know, Flaherty sometimes was being played midfield. I was being, you know, maybe sometimes I was played centre forward. Eamon Breen was being played centre forward. I think Paddy went and he got his house in order that year, and defensively with a very very solid wing back line. Yes, and our full back line was exceptionally strong as well. Barry slotted in. You know, just very confident went in had a physical presence inside nothing phased him and and Stephen Stack you had you had, and and Killian Burns ended up in the All Ireland final and you know that Mike Cassett Morgan Shea were 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 very close yeah. to that for were, and were coming in and out of that team as well like you know but I think defensively we really got it got it right Declan had a fantastic year in goals his kickouts really worked and they were going 60 70 yards out and midfield you had you had Dara who really blossomed that year mm. and and William was a fantastic foil with him as well so all the way through the team was really really balanced yeah but you even naming those Seamus it's completely it, it was very much and i know that the the Kerry didn't win all all Ireland's in the subsequent two years but when you look and we were talking earlier about the the talent the raw attacking exciting talent that Kerry has now there that team was a more kind of workmanlike, grinded out. I mean, your ideal team almost would be a balance of both, if you know what I mean. You know, like Morris carried a lot of the attacking weight in that time, but even the defenders you're mentioning there, like they take the head off you. Some of those guys. Oh yeah, well, uh, I th- yeah, there were some of those guys were that were teak tough and you know played played on the edge. But you know, you you need those few rough diamonds, Tony. I agree. You know, that's my look, point about the current team. Dublin, yeah. Dublin have that at the minute. They have you know all exceptional players like you know, but some of the you know and and not naming names, but they, these are all great players like you know, but James McCarthy, Johnny Cooper, Philly McMahon, all these guys can play both ways like yeah. you know, and like they're they've won all Ireland's, but you need these kind of enforcers and in, in in the team and. We were lucky. We had those guys, you know, Breen and Flaherty were were could play football, fantastic footballers. But you wouldn't mess with these guys, and you mm-hmm. know they took no prisoners. Neither did Stephen Stack. And you know, look, they were, they, you know, that balance was 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 is needed, and I think it's still needed in 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 the in the current game, like mm-hmm. you know. I'm not just going chronologically, but uh, you know, as we're talking, James. I mean, all these things are flashing through my head, and you, I mean as decorated a career as you had and I think I mean, in fairness I think you know the regard in which you're held not just in Kerry but nationally but you you had 92 you mentioned that being beaten by Clare was that as bad as what happened in 2001 in the All-Ireland semi-final that 
disastrous day against me. I think it was at 15 points or something Kerry were beaten by. Yeah. What are your what are your reflections and recollections on that? Did you see it coming or how did it happen? Well, it certainly didn't see it coming, Tony, because, you know, you never... Um, yeah, nobody but I think, you, in hindsight, when you look back now, you can see how it happened um, in in the sense that, you know, we, we played Dublin in a replay in the, in the qualifiers, got through, fell over the line in a very physical game. Uh, in a physical both both days out, we lost Tomasche in the in the game in the in the so he was Tomas was missing for the me game. Within five days, we were playing county championship below. Gail took played Glenflesk in the county championship. Five days later, I got an injection into my knee to play. I started wing forward with Glenflesk, and you had myself and John Crowley in one team. You had Mark Shea, Dara Shea, Shane, um, Ada McGarrett, Dara Canada, uh, Dara Canada. You had um, you had so Rob Art involved in the panel. So within five days, we were playing county championship below in Aston Sachs Park in the quarter final. Yeah, and I'd say within either a week or two weeks, we were playing Mead. So that that just doesn't add up and it doesn't know, happen now. Doesn't happen now, and you know our preparation certainly wasn't good again going into that Mead game. And uh, you know, look what happened. It certainly, you know, for twenty twenty three minutes, the knife was in. A, you know, there was very few scores. And just the gates opened up then, like, you know, and, mm. uh, you know, so look, it was one of those horrible days to be involved in. Um, but look, it, it was it was it worse than 2001, probably or because look in, uh, in or sorry, 92, in 90, you know, look, 92, it is what it is. But 2001, we were just after winning Darlene. Yeah. Before, all right. Yeah. We, if right was right. And you understood it at all. It was nine we, years we later. Knew, we knew what we were about. We were yeah. experienced players. We, we knew what it took and what, what, what needed to be done. And uh, to collapse like that in an all-around semi-final doesn't make sense. It shouldn't have happened, and uh, it's it's one that yeah, it's 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 a sore one, like you know, mm. because we were certainly we 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 played Mead in the Challenge game that year up and up to open the field, and I, I think we beat them comfortably enough. You know, was that a good thing to do? Possibly not to play Mead in the in a Challenge game. Yeah. Um, Darashay that year that day absolutely had a you know cut everything in the middle of the field. He gave an exhibition of feeling yeah. uh, in the middle of the field. You know, Mead weren't going to do that, and they didn't allow Dara to do that, and they were checking him and blocking him, and you know, like what what's going to happen in the middle of the field? But you know, they had their homework done, and they they saw what was coming, and you know, we were we were just we were obviously very disappointed with that, and it was just a sore one, you know. But look, yeah. that's sport, Tony, and there's no as I said, did we see it coming? Absolutely not. Because, I mean, just for anybody who who forgets that the chronology of the time. Kerry won an All-Ireland, a brilliant All-Ireland in 2000, um, took two games to beat Armagh in the semi-final and two to beat Galway in the final. And I will come back to that because you were captain and it was one of your, well, I would actually say it was your greatest season, but like it was brilliant to finish it as captain. But when you think what happened afterwards, how difficult was it to bounce back? Because you lose to Meath in 2001 and then you have the All-Ireland final against Armagh in 2002 and you have that chaotic semi-final against Tyrone in 2003. Yeah. Those those years, they were tough years, Shemo. Yeah, anytime, look, Tony, when you lose in Crow Park, it's just the worst feeling in the world. You just want the ground to open up and, and devour you and, and just get you get you out of that place. And, you know, look, I suppose that's the beauty of sport. You you're, you look, you can't win everything. And I know in Kerry, we've been so fortunate that Kerry teams have got four in a row and we've we've been so close to getting five in a row. And uh, But I was with a Kerry team that had quality, it had everything. And, you know, we won. We won some great All-Irelands, but we've lost 
some mm. big ones as well and unfortunately all the years as you mentioned 2001 2002 2003 very close very there and thereabouts and uh but just didn't get it over the line 2002 was exceptionally it was a really disappointing one. that was the one that was one of those ones that got away you'd yeah, say yeah because we were comfortable at half time and you know just just didn't perform i say score very very little i can't i've never watched that game and never will i don't watch games anyway tony um but I, I can't recall too many scores in that second half like mm-hmm. you know I think we were up five points we lost we lost by a point at the end and you know just just one of those things look having Morris Fitz wasn't on the panel that year you mm-hmm. know he, he he pulled out I think and you know just having a cool head like Morris maybe to come in when 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 they're just the perfect storm occurred and when they got that goal and just all we needed was a, someone to settle it down we had plenty of opportunities it was just we needed someone just to to guide the ball over the bar and just to steady the ship again and just to have someone like 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 Morris Ty Keneally was kind of hovering around he had come back from Australia yeah. and was flying in training as well to be fair and you know we just maybe needed something then I, I can see why Paddy wouldn't have brought Ty again that he didn't want to drop a guy had been training all year mm. and you know you can you can see the the, the the rationale behind that but I just think that was certainly one that we had we left behind and we, we played some fantastic football after losing to Cork after uh, you know that was yeah it's said it is, sorry to cut across you yeah. it is said that after losing to Cork that yeah. year I've heard Canada talk about like saying that Kerry of that vintage that summer was the best football you played up to the final there's no doubt in that Tony and it was it was actually brilliant to be a part of it and you know the whole training inside and, and the games it was electric and some of the football that was played you know it was it was unbelievable and it was like a team that was on a mission we you know obviously Dara, the, 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 the boys Darren, Mark and Tomas is dead passed away the, the week before the replay and it was a, it was a tough one it was a tough game to play that Saturday and you know we knew we didn't do ourselves justice and, and we definitely turned the ship 360 mm. in terms through the qualifiers and we, we grabbed the opportunity and we went for it and you know there were some fantastic games along the way um, you know playing Galway I think it was in the quarter final playing Cork in the semi and and you know we were we were you know, teed up nicely for the for the Armagh game but look it 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 was just a second half performance where the, the that as I said guys didn't perform in the second half and even though we still only lost by a point and it was just one that you can look back at and say all we needed was as I said someone like Morris who came on in two thousand and was so was instrumental in, yes. in in those games where we drew and came in got a goal kicked a point when when we needed the level games and it w- it was just a pity that he wasn't part of that because yeah. if we had even if we had a second day out I would have been confident look you never know you never Arma went so close and beaten us in 2000 and you know it was only inches that we won that game as well um, you know and I suppose the wheel goes full circle and we got mm-hmm. cut out in, in 2002 but it was a disappointing especially when Dara was captain and what they had gone through that summer would have been it would have been fantastic for, for Dara and for Paddy that year to to, to have to f- brought home Sam McGuire because it, it, they, they really deserve that yeah and, and you know what ironically even though it was only 12 months later um, like Armagh played a brand of football that probably wouldn't have prepared you for the physical storm that was coming 12 months later in that semi-final against Tyrone Seamus and I suppose I'd be interested in your thoughts and I'll tell you why things I remember from the time um on was that the year that football changed to some degree because I remember and you probably certainly won't remember this I was I sat down beside you in the dressing room after that game that was the time when reporters were, were actually allowed to still go into dressing rooms 
and you described it if you remember at the time as it being like Times Square out there you said it was like basically trying to operate in Times Square yep. you know you turn one way you turn the other way you were getting battered you were getting physically you know pressed like 2003 as I suppose the point I'm making is even though you lost to an Ulster team in 2002 being beaten by Tyrone in 2003 was felt something like very different oh, there's no doubting that and, and Tyrone brought a new I suppose a level of work rate to the to the table Galway were, were probably the first team to do that in terms of pushing up and into the defence and they were making it awkward for teams coming out but obviously in 2003 we just went to another level and, and, and in fairness worked really well for Tyrone but the, the, the work rate that they brought that day was unbelievable and you mm. know you can look back at it now I, I, I still feel that the referee that day was very weak I, I, I've genuinely felt that he left an awful lot go in mm. terms of what's uh, like the, the, the in terms of the tackling and you know but that doesn't that does not um, Tyrone were well worth their win on the day we were just in terms of we were just off the pace I felt myself and uh, you know the few games you could probably see it if you look back on it as I said Tony I don't look at those games but we, we struggled against Roscommon I'd say before, in the quarter final of that in 2003 uh, I, I know my own man personally got a, a handy goal coming into the late, into the game or high ball into the square we were disjointed not organised got a handy goal and I think Roscommon might have got three or four handy goals that day uh, just to keep them we were probably coasting and kicking yeah. points but we didn't win the game by a huge margin hadn't weren't playing well so I suppose the signs were there and a, a young fresh team from Tyrone came up you know obviously we knew about the Peter Canavans and we had knew a, a little about about the under 21s but to be fair we didn't know too much about him Peter Canavan went off injured that day mm. and uh, Stephen O'Neill I went on Stephen O'Neill and I, I knew of him but I didn't know I knew way more about him when the game was over but you know and that's that's the that's the beauty of sport these new young lads come on and uh, you know they were just buzzing they were hopping and they were full of energy and you know I suppose at that stage we were the likes of my Myself and Derek and Aidan and Liam Hassett and guys who had been soldiering for this was my 11th year playing with Kerry and yeah. you know it does take its toll there's no you, you don't have the same pace or you don't have the same you, you might you still have the same head but that yard is slipping every year it probably slips and uh, well it's you, funny you should because uh, I was actually when I was I won't say who he was but I was talking to a Kerry player of your vintage there last week and I was saying look I wanted to bring Shamo up and we were talking about that time and he made the exact same point you made. Like, people forget that Seamus was 11 years playing with Kerry yeah. by ni- by 2003. And he said that, and maybe, maybe it's a different season now, but he said his enduring memory of you in those times was he used to have your feet in a bucket of water, yeah. in tra- you know, before training, and that you were basically, you know, the body was catching up on you at that stage. Yeah, yeah there's no there's no doubting that Tony and uh, you know I look I struggled with back injury just bulging this and stuff like that and uh, the Achilles tendon was coming in the odd hamstring and but look thankfully nothing that was no cruciate ligaments or yeah. nothing nothing that was nothing sinister like that but having said that if you year in year out you're playing with your club you're playing with your district team East Kerry you're playing you're playing with Kerry you're trying to play the National League you're trying to try to play get right for prime for for championship you know it's it's year in year out played Sigerson for six years it does it will play international rules you know you you can't be all things to all people Mm. and as you get older it will catch you and I think you have to be a little bit cuter but there's no doubting that and I think Tyrone were just coming 
right, they were coming off an All Ireland winning team in two thousand and one, and and the bulk of those players came through. They they had some really quality players combining then with with some experienced players like Peter Callum that they had. You know, they they they, had, they created a fantastic team with a great manager over them, and they just brought the work ethos and it, it, to another level there's no doubting that and and they had quality players too they had quality yeah. players uh, quality forwards that could score and you know they, they, they had a fantastic mix and uh, they were able to mix it and they could play it dirty they could play and they could play football when they had to play mm. football and look that's a team and uh, there's no doubting that and you look I suppose during that that whole decade Kerry in and out we, 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 we didn't have a great record against Tyrone but we still chipped in. We still got mm. our All Irelands and and um, and around that time. I mean, am I right in saying you missed a lot of two thousand and four? Am I right in yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I up to I got the national league. We'd go run the league, and I I did my I did I got bone bruising on my ankle in in a county championship match against uh, Lone Rangers back in 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 Killarglen. It's just a fell. slow healer. It's a and I didn't I never heard of bone bruising my whole life, and it's only when I went back and got an MRI on it, and I was told it was bone bruising. I was kind of saying, Ah, sure, what the, the hell is that? But the doctor was trying to explain the significance of the of the injury and how long it was, I couldn't understand it, and it was probably one of the most frustrating injuries I ever had, um, because it just needed total rest. Like the more you did, the worse it got, and it wouldn't. So if you trained in it for a week, you put yourself back, you put yourself back nearly three weeks by doing that. Yeah. So it took eleven or twelve <coughs> weeks for that to clear. And you know, while I was doing alternative training with Pat Flanagan and just tried to keep the thing going, and I was involved. I just got in at the ba- the butt end of the year and I said the boys kind of felt sorry for me <laughs> in the Mayo game and they lashed me in. I think I came on, I don't know, was it for Liam Hassett? I think I came on centre forward. But yeah. the game was over, Tony, to yes. be fair. I don't think they'd have been doing that if um, if if Kerry were only up a point or down a point. I don't think they would have been bringing me in. Yeah. I think it was just the fact that I'd, I'd put in a hard slog to, to stay with to it, and, it. And, and to get there. Um, and of and, course, and I'm had been a part of the, the a good run in the National League and I think Jack... Jack probably respected that as well in the sense yeah. that he needed guys to row in be- with him the time he came in and won the league. It took a lot of pressure off him as well. Yeah, I uh, I, I suppose Jack was new that year, but I'd be interested. I, I, I can imagine what Seamus Moynihan would have thought of Paul Galvin, the likes of Galvin, Owen Mahoney. That was their first year. Can you remember seeing this young fella from Fenuig strolling in the door? For two thousand and four, but Paul had been kind of in and out anyway had with he, Paddy, yeah, okay. like you know. So I, I would have known, and I'd have clashed horns with Paul playing field rangers and stuff like that as well. And I would have known him through UCC, and you know, so myself and Paul and and we're all great buddies and you know, great guys. But you know, I suppose Jack knew himself that year. He needed to change around. He was inheriting yeah. a, a relatively good team, team that was capable of winning in All Ireland. But he knew he had to bring new dimensions and new new players into it and freshen it up. And and I think that year he got the the pl- perfect platform because Uncle were involved in the club, uh, All Ireland that year, and um, so his hand he, his hand was basically tied. Forced, he had to yeah. he had to go with it. So he, he he that year obviously as you said he found Aidan Mahoney. You know Aidan and Paul had been in with Paddy but just weren't getting the breaks, and but you know that year they just blossomed and they, they you know they were thrown in. Mm. Into the league, and there was no looking over their shoulders. This is there's a jersey here for you, and they were getting it day in, day out, and they were putting in super performances. And on top of that, William Kirby found his great form in the middle of the field again. So Crowley was lethal that year, wasn't Crowley he? Your fanta- club mate. Yeah, yeah, Crowley had a fantastic year. And you know, I can remember in 2004, he actually was taken off against Limerick. I was, I just got my injury that year, and he had hurt his knee playing as well, but just hadn't got back to the full level for the replay. 
uh, inside in Killarney and, and was very frustrated. I still can remember him kicking the, the water bottles when he was being taken off. But, you know, Johnny was, you know, very determined and had a, had a temper and, you know, used it extremely well on the field. A physically, unbelievably mm. strong player. But, you know, from, from there on then, John had a massive year. Yeah. And, like, inside in the 2004 final himself, Canadian Gooch did... They did unbelievable wreck in that final light, you know, yeah. any ball. I don't, and I think John mightn't have scored, but I would say he 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 instigated probably definitely seven or eight points in that yeah. game. He got fouled three or four times and he created, he was just winning ball. Diagonal ball. Diagonal ball day, coming yeah. in. And yeah. like John is, uh, if the ball, John is like the bomber, if the ball is coming in like that, you just can't beat him. Like he's, he was deceivingly fast and unbelievably strong and had left and right. Uh, but, was always a great man if you were running off the shoulder John always gave it and uh, but that was one of the probably best corner forward performances mm. anyone gave without probably scoring himself on the day yeah. you know but John three years prior to that got his first all star after blowing the lights out against Dublin and whatnot. and it's a pity that we had as you said uh, we spoke about it earlier that breakdown against Mead because he was on line that year and early for player of the year like you know yeah. like I'm thinking at this stage now or you've got another All-Ireland medal in your back pocket although knowing you you probably feel yeah it wasn't a kind of a full one because I I miss most of the summer but after 2004 is Seamus Moynihan thinking at all you know what no and getting out the gap here Oh absolutely not not in 2004 no. anyway Tony not, not a hope not not the way that I won that all Ireland medal anyway and yes. uh, you know Dara Shea and myself were sitting in that in the stand that day watching the game and like I, I said to Dara like you know, we, while we were delighted to have Another All Ireland medal. It was certainly different to all the other All Irelands because we had we had split we had left our boots on the field and and everything. You know we've just given your blood and guts for the the, the previous two All Irelands and uh, you know they are look and it's fantastic to see it on both sides. But you know ultimately you want to win an All Ireland by being part of the the, the mix and uh, you know so that that was the next drive and I I definitely. I would have said Tony if we'd beaten Tyrone in two thousand and five, I was gonna lose. I would have been gone, and right. it would have been it would have been a nice way to end. And uh, instead, I, I ended up being fucking taken off uh, with around ten or fifteen minutes to go against Tyrone. Against Tyrone, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the two thousand and five final. You know, heading a good day, but it was kind of a funny one where we we I was kind of told hang back and kind of mind the house, and and the, then Brian Doerr was getting on this ball inside midfield back in his own line and he was allowed to run up 20-30 yards and, and that certainly went against my DNA personally myself because I prefer to if you're going to get the fucking ball you earn it like and mm. I hate hanging back and letting a guy run at you and it's not the way I play football personally myself um, as I said I'm a guy who's if, you, if you're going to beat me beat me going for it yeah. but Look, with 15 minutes to go, I was taken off, and, and, and rightly so, and I think Kerry needed to freshen it up, and, you know, we, we, we actually nearly got back to Moshe. I got a wonder goal that day, coming back and, and brought the game back into it, and, you know, look, still Tyrone just edged out at the end, and it was a real, it was a bitter one, you know, to be fair, uh, from, from everyone involved. And uh, But I'm gauging personally, it was particularly like you were saying, oh no, 2000, like, I mean, I'd say you were never taken off. Certainly no, not for tact, not for tactical reasons. Uh, well, it was the first time I was taken off a career, and yeah. uh, you know. But look, I came home, and I it was obviously last the All Ireland, and it was it was really really disappointing, and I I was unsure whether I was going to throw my lot in again. Uh, it was a time just to walk away, and you know, I suppose when the dust settled, I was saying, "There's no way I'm going to go 
on that note I just wanted to say look I'm going to give it one blast and you know just that year I went back and I did you know up to then I suppose I was I was trying to do the weights with the boys I was trying to go in with Owen and uh, Owen Brosnan and Dermot Murphy and the younger fellas I was going into the Glen and they were doing the squats with 150 kgs of, 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 of weights on the, on, on the bars and I was trying to do what they were doing but ultimately I wasn't because I, my back wasn't allowing me and it was uh, I, I always describe it Tony it was kind of trying to run or drive a car with a handbrake up it yeah. just I was trying to run and that's the way I felt in 2005 I just I just felt no I had no agility my my pace had gone and uh, and I just needed to do something different and thankfully that year I just backed away from the weights I went doing core I went to Jor Hartman and Jor Keane above in, in, in Limerick and it was just you know they were fantastic they were a breath of fresh air they're not only the physios but they're kind of psychologists as well and they're they're really they're really positive guys and uh, between the core training and just getting, just working on stretching, uh, totally, and went back doing a lot of, lot of running and a lot of, just two minute runs, three minute runs, just doing cycles, and, uh, you know, stuff that I had done on your own. On this my was. own, yeah, absolutely. Because I didn't go in with Kerry. I didn't. Funny enough, it was I didn't go in with Kerry until they, um, Mike Mack broke his finger, and I had gone back, pulled the hammer, and I pulled back out again. And I kind of went training again for another three weeks. This was this is coming to the latter stages of the national league, so Jack got a text from Jack saying, "Was I all right to come in and play it center back against my against Dublin?" I think uh, that was the first game I came back in, mm. and we drew with Dublin. Jamie, my young fellow, was born the day before, and um, so played in that game, got a draw. We were playing Leicester in the semi final. Mike Mack broke his finger, so I, I think I came in then for Mike from there on then, but. Within, when it was the easiest National League medal I ever got we played a semi-final and and I can't remember again in the final God almighty who would we be playing was in it Galway in the final no? might have been Galway I can't uh, for the life of me yeah. just, I suppose this shows I suppose where we are in terms of National Leagues and the, and, the, and the importance of it yeah but can I say something now knowing you as I do in your backstory I think you're skipping over a small bit there I don't think people fully appreciate the levels you went to after 2005 because I would say and you'll deny it now but I would say you were mentally and physically well physically you were in a bad way and I'd say mentally you were tortured after 2005 and I'd say that winter Shamo you went away and would it be an exaggeration to say you almost reinvented yourself for 2006 physically and every other way well I just I definitely turned it around I turned it on his head anyway Tony and I said look what I'm doing right now isn't working mm. I'm playing cat football um, worst performance I've ever given in, inside in Crow Park and it's either do something different or pack it and and uh, I just felt I, I and, and, and that's what I did and, and, and you know in fairness to Jack and Pat were always once you kept communicating with them and let them know what you were doing and you know it, it was it, it there was never there was never a problem and uh you know it just it just worked for me that year tony it was a look i knew i needed to do something and there's no doubting the just increasing the stretching and i, I and and working with guys stretching and it was doing the core and just cutting back cutting back as look physically i never had a problem grew up on a farm I, I did hard work all my life and it was never physically i was never going to get caught anyway it mm. was in terms of being agile being able to turn being able to twist being able to keep up with the pace not having tight hamstrings not being not being just the agility and it, football is an agile game breaking ball you want to twist and turn you want to jump in the air you want to land you want to move it's it's there's no point 
being able to lift 150 kg squatting if yeah. you're if you're if it's not if it's not replicating out in the field if that power is not replicating and, and in fairness for the likes of Duan Brosnan's and the Paul Galvin's and the Aiden Manny's and uh, the Mike Max it was working for those guys because they were yeah. they were in a different stage of their career yeah your body was more well, compromised com- at com- this com- stage completely different position yeah. and uh, so it was just to basically tailor the training to suit and, and I did and thankfully while I worked extremely hard that year by myself it worked and I came back in good stay in, in good nick and I was able to was just able to get back into the pace of the game and I, 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 I you know it just it held from, from that period in once I came in for the National League I fell back and you know 2006 was a great year albeit we got beaten by Cork above mm-hmm. in, in Parky Keeve and uh, you know in a dead enough game we, we played quite well in the National League went a little bit dead but then Jack and Ferenson reinvented the whole thing again he brought Starr back in full forward he brought Tommy Griffin to midfield. He brought mm. Mike Fack Russell in corner forward, and and the whole game thing changed. Like star, star. Well, was I'm the, gonna I'm gonna come back to that. Yeah. His his thing because he was actually only on about it himself last week, as you know, in this Laker Gale special that he's doing. The birth of your first son. Um, how much of a of a kind of an inspirational boost was the timing of that? Because you'd put down a hard winter. And you were just getting back, as I said. I remember you picked up the hamstring thing, which was frustrating at the time. Yeah. And then Jamie's born. Yeah. I'd say the following day you must have nearly skipped onto that field, did you? Yeah, and it was great, and uh, you know it was a great buzz. And uh, I, I think I got, punched the ball over the bar to get to to, to get a, a draw. Gooch gave me a good pass in, and um, we we got a we got a draw that day against Dublin. And you know it was fantastic. But you know Jamie was born the following day, but it, nothing was going to stop me playing for Kerry the following day. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know I had a few drinks with a friend of mine that night, and and you know look in the back of my head I was going to say this is this is it this is my last year I am going to throw everything at this. And you uh, had decided that, well, that in the was spring it, even come yeah. hell or high water, and uh, it was it was going to be this was going to be the year, and there was no there was no turning back from that. And you know it's sometimes Tony I think you have to draw a line in the sand, and because you you can't just keep putting it off and putting it off and waiting for it to you know whatever whenever we win the next one because that I was running all the time and I knew personally I couldn't continue doing what I was doing in terms of training and 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 on top of that life Tony was catching up on top of me to be fair because obviously Jamie had come along and I got married in 2007 and we were building a house and you know all uh, with work and everything it's ultimately I suppose Football is a greedy game. You have to, uh, for the twin, from the minute you get up in the morning to the minute you turn off that light, it's about you and it's about getting the best out of yourself. And what am I going to do today to put myself in a better place, to be a better player on the Sunday? And it's about training, about recovery, about eating, and everything revolves about putting yourself in that position. It's an obsession. It is, and and it's uh, you know you talk to any player that is that's the way it is, and that is was it was like that back since I started. It's probably gone to another level uh, where we are now but if you want to ultimately win in All-Ireland or whatever you have to put football and put your team and put yourself up on top of that uh, pie chart and everything else your son your wife your father your mother your family your friends everything else is where your work everything mm-hmm. everything is well down the chart and uh, you know so I obviously as I said I said 2006 was going to be the last one and Obviously, being beaten by Cork up here was was certainly was mm. very very disappointing. But uh, to be fair, it no different to two thousand and two. The whole thing turned around again. Uh, Jack reinvented because you did have the team. qualifiers. We had the qualifiers. And Jack was able to say, "Okay, let's have a look at this young 
big buck from Aston Stacks. Yeah, I, I think Jack didn't say he had to because we just had to. I think that day against Cork, we struggled. We we were dilly dallying around with the ball, and we weren't kicking. We weren't we weren't just kicking the ball into the full forward line, and mm. you know, which is something that Kerry always do. You'd get fast ball in, and. Uh, Jack just had to change it and, and with Donahue it was the ideal man mm. and you know Declan had just gone through a bad patch that summer as well Declan was probably the best centre forward that I've ever played with and he just had hit the wall that year for some unknown reason and in fairness to Declan Declan was giving as much to Drummond as to South Kerry as to with mm. Kerry he's that kind of a guy and just players do that they will hit the wall but in fairness to Declan was dropped I think for the Longford ma- match but found his form again. Was and that start- the day that he was booed off in that, that season? Was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he Parky got booed Queef. off in Parky Queef. He was, yeah, which, yeah, when which you look was back one now. of the most horrendous things I've seen happening in my career, considering the calibre player you're dealing with. And uh, but look, Declan has made his tough skinned and and you know finished the year extremely strong that year. And and and, and he was blinding in the final. Unbelievable, remember? yeah. And 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 set up goals and came through. And uh, no, Declan, Declan was just showed the quality that he had. But it just shows that players can go through funny and sticky patches and uh, you know that in fairness Declan had gone through that little bit of a sticky patch during the summer but thankfully we had the opportunity through the back door to, mm. to find that form again and Declan did so that's a defining of four players you had Declan finding his form again you had you had <coughs> Star coming in full forward Mike Frank Russell coming in corner and, and, and Tommy Griffin coming in midfield yeah. you know so that's a third, nearly a third of your team Tony and uh, all good guys and, and all guys who ultimately nearly were in the all-star pickings I'd say coming at the end of 2006 did, like. did you get a chance I think it was was it Tomas or Paul Galvin said this one stage that in one of their final their final All-Irelands Seamus they were kind of able to look around before the final whistle and kind of say like you know they were able to soak it in. You won that game very comfortably against Mayo in two thousand and six. Yeah. Were you able to do that on the day? Where did you look around and kind of saying, "Christ, I'm going to miss this"? Yeah, I, I, do you know what, Tony? I, I didn't, I didn't, and I'd be lying to say I did because, and I know we won comfortably enough in the in that second half. But I think we were all so focused in the job at hand, and especially what happened. It, it was a very strange game in the sense that we went up ten points. I remember, yeah, and within within a couple of minutes. Mayo had three goals in the back of the net That's right. again like you know and we, know we were still comfortable enough at half time but it was there were three shocking goals to give away like and in fairness it might have been a great thing for us because at half time you know the whole thing was you know we, we, we had an opportunity to come in Jack kind of addressed the scenario and the situation well, how how the three goals came about and in fairness he, you know, I think Owen Brazen came into the team in the second half, and Owen had, was probably unlucky enough not to be on the team, mm. but came played very well in that second half. But we took off again where we started from more go, and uh, you know, just fairness, we, we we played a very solid second half without getting goals. We kicked some great points, yeah, steadied the ship, steadied the ship. Yeah, Jack kind of asked me to stay back a little bit and 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 just mind the house a little bit. So, but at no stage were we kind of absorbing in the atmosphere or saying this is this is it this is the life and uh, you know it's a hard one to do but no and for me personally I didn't anyway Tony until such time that the, the whistle went it was a, it was an opportunity then to do you beat yourself up more are you one of those players who remembers the losses more than the wins well I think you're you're reminded of the losses <laughs> more than the wins anyway yeah, in Kerry I, I don't think anyone ever has come up to me to say Jesus that one of the years we won Ireland was great it's invariably what the fuck happened to you in 2002 or why yeah. why were you so shit in 2001 um, that's that's invariably the 
that's, that's Kerry the for question. You. It's you know, and I think that's a good thing. I think that keeps you grounded as well. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you genuinely because I mean, you you have so many of them. Who's the best player you played with? But what I would ask you is, if you could pick one guy to walk down a mean street with from your days in Kerry, if you could pick one guy that you wanted in that dressing room when you were in the shit, who would it be? Uh, Dara Shea, I'd say. Dara. Really? Yeah, Dara, yeah. Dara was, Dara was, in fairness, a midfield. He was a Trojan midfielder, Tony, like, you know. Um, you, you know, he he's his work rate in the middle of the field was unbelievable. And t- Dara could play... Dara could play it anyway. Like he mm. could, he could play it tough. He can, he go up and catch a screamer in the middle of the field. He was up and down. He was box to box. Kick a score. He could kick a score. He could catch a ball underneath. Uh, he saved us in two thousand and four against Limerick. Do you against remember against Limerick twice. Yeah. And um, Mr. Keating would still be, would probably cursing him. You know, there were yeah. fantastic kicks from long distance, and just Dara went up and picked them up. But you know, Dara and and on top of that, fantastic character on and off the rogue, the highest sense. There's no yeah. doubting that. You know, but you need that kind of probably the rogiest of the three shades. Oh yes, and that's that's a high standard. No, to be fair, that's a that's that's yeah. that's putting it. That's a rogues gallery. That's, that's a rogues gallery. To be fair, um, but no, Dara, he certainly would be um, in terms of what he did for Kerry for the, his playing career. Like he was, he was a warrior. Like you know, mm. and you, you, he's a guy that if you were going picking a team in the morning, he, you'd have to have him in the, in the middle of the field and which you like. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Could you imagine a scenario? I don't know, did it ever happen? Sure, it did happen. Where you had Seamus Moynihan at six, where you had Dara Shea in midfield, and where you had Declan Sullivan at 11. It happened in 2006, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would have been the last. That would, I was centre back, and Dara would have been in the midfield, and Declan was on the far Wow. Yeah, they, that was the team in 2006, anyway, yeah. Nobody would accuse that team, I'd say, of lacking leaders. Like, you, you look at some teams now. And you kind of say to yourself, do they lack a bit of leadership? But I suppose when you got to that stage, and I know it was your last All Ireland, my God, they were serious. That was serious leadership. Oh yeah, it was. A, it was a very strong team, Tony. To be fair, yeah. and you know, look, when you look at the the players, you had Mark Shea, Mike Mack, Tom Sullivan was the full back line, um, Aidan Manny, myself, and and, Tomas. Uh, and and Tomas O'Shea was the wing back line. Um, you had you had Tommy Griffin, Tommy G, and Dara midfield. Yeah. You know, like an extremely that's that's very very solid. And like up front, you had Sean Sean Bond. You had um, Paul or Declan Sullivan and Paul Galvin, and and inside you had the star and Gooch. and Gooch and and Mike Frank. That was the that was the you know it was it was a really really solid team. And you know, look, they went on again in one ninety seven and 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 unlucky in ninety eight. It was it, it was still two thousand and eight. There was a quality players. There was it was yeah. a really really strong panel. And there was guys on that panel there. Darren Darren Sullivan was coming in and out. Ronan O'Connor was coming in and out. Brian Sheehan was coming in and yeah. out. You know these were those guys that had made any other team at the time. And you know I suppose you all you have to do is really look at Dublin at the minute. And it's no, it's so it's not. No wonder they're winning. They are learning. They are winning because they've just five guys on the bench that are, would walk on any intercounty team. Yeah. There's no doubting that. And you know, and that's what makes their training so special because there's guys biting at the bait. There's guys who want to be on that Dublin team, and they're so unlucky not to be on it because there's such a quality of there's an abundance in quality. quality. And we were very fortunate at that period that we had that that quality. We didn't win the five in a row. What Dublin had done is is unbelievable and. Even to see what how, what hunger they're bringing to the to the national league. Even though you know, 
it's it's an, it, in one sense it's irrelevant it, mm. for them they're obviously looking at bigger picture but like they have a massive hunger they don't want to lose any game mm. and it's 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 a credit to them to be fair but you know we were we were fortunate back then and and it, you know to, to have really Such. real depth depth in the panel and just finally i mean because we we're, we're, what type of a, of a GA fan is Seamus Moynihan now I mean do you go to all the games do you not are you involved at underage in Glenfless what way are you fixed yeah in terms of Kerry of course I'm still a Black Kerry fan not didn't travel on the weekends and and to be fair Tony I don't I'm not going to lie I'm not going up to the Tyrone games or I'm not going I didn't go to Castle Bar yesterday but I go to all the local games and I go to all the championship games of course but you know I suppose I spent 20 nearly guts of 15 16 years on on that on that bus on and that treadmill yeah. yeah absolutely and you know with three small kids it's impossible it's an impossibility bar taking them with you to the game or whatnot you know so it's it's a hard one to do to the away games but all the obviously any game that i can go to i will go yeah to. um do you know where your medals are now no in a box inside in the office or somewhere like that anyway i it's not something look of course i i great to have the medals but they're inside in uh, some form of a box at home anyway they're mm-hmm. there I know they're there but they're they're not they're not in any up in any stand or whatnot. and it's look it's mm-hmm. good to have those medals but it's not about the medal it's it's course about winning um, but to be looking at them inside in some press or drawer that's not what they're about anyway to be fair mm. but um, well medals are medals or, or medals are not medals I have to say that in my book um and I probably all, I don't know why I always put yourself and Declan O'Sullivan in the same category. Um, I suppose it's because you know people talk about the Gooches and they're talking about Clifford and Morris Fitznow. But in terms of pound for pound, um, I'd say Seamus Moynihan and Declan Sullivan pound for pound must be two. If I was picking a top ten Kerry footballers of all time, Seamus Moynihan and Declan O'Sullivan are there. So I know you'd be too embarrassed to answer that. James <laughs> Moynihan, thanks Tony, a million. Thank you, my man. Thanks. Nice. Thank Good you talking very much. to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.